0: Well, 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 isn't that just dandy? I just thought I'd start with that. Welcome back to another episode. Uh, this is, of course, me, Sandeep Brow. in case there's any confusion as to who's taking over the show today. And before I start anything, I just want to put this question out there. I was wondering whether I'm um, isolated in this act, but I want to check with you guys. Since you're so lovely and you come on every week and listen to this podcast, um, am I the only one who uh, washes his beer? Well, a bit vague, I understand. But what I meant is, uh, if you don't live in India, you probably don't get this. Um, what I mean by this is, I actually uh, wash the can of beer before drinking it. I uh, Mainly the the part which touches your lips the top of the can um, but I take it one step further because most people just rinse it and wipe it down with the cloth and some people just don't even bother with that but uh, I made it a habit and it's a bit of a compulsion now where I have to kind of soap it up <laughs> and then wash it which is fine for me and I sound—I know it sounds a bit off when you're listening to it but when I have guests over and uh, they're like yeah I'll have a beer I'll have a can of beer Sandeep, and suddenly I'm walking with four cans to the sink or hopefully the sink otherwise it's like the bathroom sink I wash basin and I'm, they're like what, what are you doing with our beer I'm like they're just going to wash it down, you know. And uh, the problem is that I'm okay with it. I'm used to it. But some people are just like, what the fuck, dude? We don't have bear smelling of Mysore Sandal Soap. Because that's the soap of choice in the Rao residence. Even though I don't like it. My mom just loves that soap. My wife loves that soap. Mysore Sandal Soap. Man, if that guy Veerapan was alive, he'd probably be kidnapping us just for the smell. He'd be like, ah, oh, sandalwood reminds me of the days when I used to be a rabar. So, yes, welcome to the podcast. That was just a question. And, of course, you can answer uh, with your uh, whatever it is. (laughs) It's just like, what the fuck is wrong with you, Sandeep? Or if you do it, we can uh, celebrate in our little microcosm of existence. In any case, you can uh, let me know uh, at Soapy Rao. That's on Twitter. If you find the podcast there. On Instagram, that's the same one, at Soapy Rao. S-O-A-P-Y-R-A-O, my friends. Well, on today's episode... I'm going to talk about things that we learned early in life and maybe even later on in life, but things which we don't really use anymore. Um, I had this kind of uh, epiphany, big words. I just like using big words because it makes me feel like my parents didn't waste all their money on a futile um, exercise, like getting me educated abroad. But they did. And as a result, I have to use such words to take the guilt away. Epiphany, great word. Can't spell it, but can say it. So, I had this epiphany about uh, something very important I learned early on in life. And very uh, um, and, and a lot of it, it's very important. A lot of people are, give importance, especially teachers. A lot of uh, the education system gives importance to this. Of course, it's an art in the scale of writing. We all have done it. We've all uh, worked on it. Some of uh, some, some of, some of what's fucking wrong with me the past few weeks? Some of us have uh, good handwriting. Some of us make it look like art. And some of us just... Ugh, miserable. I've fallen to the last category. So let's talk about in today's episode, you know the drill, to leave a comment, to share it with a friend, to tell a friend, don't have to share it. I don't like those words like like, subscribe, share. No, if you like listening to it, uh, don't even have to tell a friend, just get him or her on board, play it when they're there and you guys listen together, have a beer and hopefully you wash it before you drink it. And yes, let's get started. See you on the other side. Baby Bed Podcast with Sunday Pro. Baby, check it out. Yes, that introduction was rather longer, uh, longer than required and uh I I don't think introductions need to be so long. And I don't even understand this format. Uh, It's probably being done right now, and I'm following the entire prescription of how everything is done, right? Like, this works for podcasting. Do an introduction, a synopsis, where you tell the listener that they need to know what's coming up. Do a quick break where you play a song, like a radio show, and then you get into the body of the podcast. Fuck no, man. The problem with... um, Doing this is that you need to get professional editing skills, right? Because when I started out podcasting, not this particular one, but I had a couple of ones which ran for a short time back in 2014, 15, maybe even earlier, I was at the cusp. I was the pioneer of podcast. No, none of that shit. I was just doing it at home. I had a nice mic and I really didn't know how to use it. And I just sit at my desk and thought podcasting is all just about saying fuck and bitch and shit. And just, just that's what I did. I just cursed. And I was like, "Billboard curses? Why can't I curse? That was how much I knew and um, didn't really go anywhere. But I hope um, I've gotten a little bit more compelling when I speak. And I'm actually not talking entire shit. A little bit of shit. And in fact, predominantly shit, but not all of it, right? Yeah. So I remember I just thought that you need a mic and you had a good name for the podcast. And that's all that mattered. And um, that was without any introduction, without any kind of uh, professional editing, without any kind of packaging., uh, the first one I remember was called um, Soapy Thoughts, because my nickname, of course, is Soapy, S-O-A-P-Y, because I got fucked in school. And uh, the other one was called Amusing Musings, very pretentious name. Not like the baby bed is any better. Like Most people are like, uh, Sandeep, baby bed, we tried looking for it, but the only thing that popped up was stuff about parental advice and how to put your baby to bed. I'm like, fuck, okay, maybe I should change it. But now it's 48 episodes in, man, and I don't think I want to change it because I like the name The Baby Bed because the idea was I would record this podcast from my baby bed, bed which is a little crib which I slept in and uh, my mum kept that bed. Uh, She's converted it into a little kind of uh, thing she can sleep on. Uh, We all share it and uh, we basically keep it in the drawing room and it's kind of like a a bed where you can take an afternoon nap. And now of course that bed has been uh, given, handed down from my sister to me. For me it's become a kind of, I don't know what the fuck's with these fireworks at this time of the year. It's mental. And please tell me you can hear it because the other day when I talked spoke about the rail, the the, the train someone commented on, on Twitter saying uh, we can barely hear the train Sandeep uh, are you sure it's even there and I'm like is it in my head so I think you can hear this mess of fucking fireworks kill these bastards Anyway, so that baby bed uh, came down from my sister to me. Uh, from my, for me, it became general furniture in the home, and now it's actually moved down to my dog. And she never never uses it. It's covered in tarpaulin. She just sits on it when she feels like. But she even looks at it now, going, nah, "I can do better." I just sleep on the bed, the main bed. So that's the story of the baby bed. But I'm not changing the name. If you do like the name, of course, do like, comment, subscribe, and share. Now, don't do any of that. I just like the name, and uh, I just feel um, got to do what you like in life. Anyhow, let's get to the topic of the hour, which is handwriting. So the reason why I realized that uh, there are things in life that we learn but never use, uh, this is something I've heard from my sister who did engineering in Bangalore and she's like, man... I can't apply any of the things I studied in those four years of engineering. And I've heard that from a lot of other engineers as well. Like, man, we had the workshops, we had the viva, we had the, we had the practicals, we had all these things. And we can't remember anything, even though many of them are in the field of engineering. They're either doing instrumentation or mechanical. But most people, of course, uh, which whichever branch they get into, finally end up in IT nowadays. So learning these things. Uh, but I'm talking about a much more fundamental thing, right? Because, Uh, we laughed uh, in school at people who took certain classes and that actually is something that's come in handy. But um, yeah, like for instance, um, I had a friend who went into uh, the home science. Remember home science? Did you guys have home science in school? Mm. And we laughed at those guys going, oh fuck, they're going to be gay. And Some of them have, but they learned baking, they learned stitching, they learned um, basically home keeping Skills and it's so handy. I never took that because I was like, I'm going to take, I'm going to take physics. I'm going to take. yeah just took. Let I me mean, right now. In if I look back, it's all. I look like you know hydrocarbons and organic chemistry and I, fuck. I I don't. I mean, I think many people just learn all those things so they actually know something when they have kids, so they have to teach their kids the same fucking thing. Because I'm, I'm I mean, except the maths, the the, the tables. Uh, and maybe adding, subtracting, dividing and fractions and the, that kind of stuff, I still apply on a daily basis. And of course, speaking and listening and uh, reading, of course, I can't do in a writing I can't do. I'll tell you for what reason in a moment. But like for the most part, history. If I had literally been taught better, I would have applied it and probably got more interested in it. And in fact, I learned more. I learn more history nowadays uh, through uh, the various kinds of books and podcasts I listen to uh, than I ever did in school. But um, really, some of the practical things that we really laughed at in school are the things we don't uh, value, which we didn't value, is actually something we value now, like hands-on stuff, right? Because. Um, Speaking of handwriting and reading, okay, um, mainly from for me, okay, I got to tell you, if you, you're a first-time listener, I am visually impaired, eighty almost 80-90% blind, I've completely lost my central vision, have a little bit of peripheral vision, uh, which I can use to function a little bit in life, uh, but writing right uh, is something I don't do anymore I remember spending so many days and years even growing up where I was trying to get my handwriting uh, right because I could see a little bit more back then and I used to always write in block letters because I could never get the idea of cursive writing right Um, but I'm talking about from like the first standard uh, just writing then you you kind of write more than I think in third or fourth maybe earlier I don't know you start learning Cursive writing, and I could never get that. I could never get the connection between the the U and the R. I would I would always make it look awful. But it really bothered me uh, when I had to write lots on lots of stuff, uh, which was mainly during projects in school. You know, like the history projects, the geography projects, where you would literally copy paste stuff. But we didn't have the copy paste option like on the computer, so you had literally. had my mom would read it out to me, and I would just write and write. And that was my summer holidays because that's when we got these assignments. Hour after hour writing, my my wrist would hurt and I, half the time you had to write it on these project papers like kg cardboard, which would cut into like eight, four, eight, three sizes. And um, the, the, they would deduct marks if you drew lines on them so you could write straight. So my mom would draw lines with a pencil and make it look like a book, a ruler book. I would write, and then she would sit and erase all those pencil lines so that it would look uh, like I wrote without um, the, the, the underlying pencil ruler marks. So she did a lot of fucking work for me, dude, for no reason. And basically, every project which I got an A in, and every exam that I got an A in, it's thanks to my mom because she literally would go to the state library. She would go to these tourism shops, buy posters. So all these other kids would do it on their own, and they'd just have like some shitty image, which they'd really like cut off the newspaper somewhere. But my mom would get these huge glossy posters about like these statues in South Indian temples or monuments in the north. And she would gloss it over. Like, you know, when you get the magazines, you kind of unfold like, you know, I mean, you know what I'm talking about? Like Maxim, one of these magazines had like the model of the week or model of the month. And the sports, what's that, what's that? Sports star. That magazine would have like a famous athlete or a famous uh, sporting celebrity. Or that, like, for instance, a like Top Gear would have like a big car poster. So my project would look like that. Really shitty handwriting. And sometimes my mom wouldn't get the eraser completely done right. So there would be little pencil marks under the writing. So my teacher would be like, What happened there? I'm just like, I don't know. My mom's really like doesn't work hard. And then you'd open it up, really shitty handwriting, but you just had these gorgeous, glossy images, which are directly from, you know, the tourism department, which my mom would go and they'd be like, Why is this? I mean, madam, we, we'd really, of course, do it for you. And then she'd be like, my, my son, you know, I'm helping him out, he's blind. And they'd be like, Oh no, say no more. We'll give you the best. We'll give you from the deepest archives of the State Library of Karnataka. And We'd have some great photos. That's how they speak in the state library like deepest archives of photos, madam. and she would bring that, and I would just get a fucking straight A because my mom did all the work and they never even looked at the writing. I don't think any fucking teacher in school looked at our projects and looked at what we were writing because they knew that we did what they did and they did what their uh, previous generation did copy paste. And we never really learned from any of that. But thanks to my mom, I had great fucking projects with beautiful posters and beautiful images. So writing was something I hated because of that. I just literally had to just fucking put no thought into it but my hand would hurt i would never see what my handwriting looked like and fast forward many many years i uh, for my board exams is ICSE, isc i had to fucking write and the worst part and the best part it's a curse and a fucking benefit and a blessing is that because i was um, a special needs student in a regular school i would get i think uh, 50 to 70 50 percent time extra so if the exam was three hours i would get another hour and a half and which is, as I said, a curse and a blessing because the blessing being that I would like fuck okay, they at least acknowledging the fact that there's a special needs student. And the problem is that, I had no excuses to fucking <laughs> not write enough because I'm like, ma, I ran out of time. But now I was just sitting there going, I hate writing and I don't know that much. So now I've got to do two things, which I fucking hate doing, which is writing and writing stuff I don't know about. So now my hands just hurting. I'm just like, okay, now let's make squiggly things which look like alphabets. But of course, fortunately, they never returned the answer papers on the board exams. At the moment, look, like, this is what I fucking sacrificed my life for to make, to make you be this piece of shit. Uh, if only if only my mom could come and write my exams, right? She'd just carry like the entire archives of Karnataka's tourism department and just put glossy photos in all my ICSE exams. Like economics would just be like all the graphs from the Sensex and it'll be all the graphs from, from all the greatest books out there. And she'd be like, yeah, my son, you know, he can't write, but look at the photos. Distract, distract, distract. <laughs> but uh, alas, that never happened. So writing, oh, fucking bane of my existence. And then when I went abroad to study, um I remember actually before that, I wrote my, I say, ISC, same thing, fucking they gave me 100% extra time. So I almost had like five hours to do an exam. Yeah, uh, but then I did the SATs and what I got then was this beautiful invention called a scribe. And I had a junior who was helping me out of that exam. And see they actually read out for me, I could manage writing. But with the SATs, if you've done that kind of exam, they give you an like an optical card, which has these different options and you have to color in the card with the pencil and it was too small for me to color in so I got a junior to do it and of course you know how it is they they're like don't don't try cheating don't ask her and that fucking girl knew more than me on the SAT she was in like 10, 9th and I was in 11th when I took it and you know the worst is when someone's doing that exam as a scribe for you and they know more than you and you kind of obviously have given the wrong answer they're just like I'm like, yeah, what happened? They're like, no, no, nothing, nothing, just the pencil, the nib broke. I'm like, oh, fuck. And after the exam, the fucking girl is going, mm, yeah, you kind of didn't do well. I'm like, dude, why, why the fuck couldn't you help it? Like, don't have to admit to the fucking teacher that you helped, but if, if you know I've blatantly given the wrong answer, just, just shade the right box, man. I mean, why didn't you do that? And I got a horrible score. I think I got 1130, 1140 maybe on 1500, or 1600, how much? I think I fifteen 1500, fucking, 1600, 1300, whatever. So yeah, I didn't know very well. But anyway, I got a private college abroad not because of payment seat or anything. like that. I, I got to this college in, in the UK and then I transferred to the US. And there there was a there there was computers. So by then, uh, just before I left, I went to this lady uh, who helps people uh, with different uh, disabilities, uh, d- depending on what it is. And she taught me how to like touch type, right? So I don't have to look at the keyboard. Um, and then when I went to the UK, they gave me the software, which is on the computer called JAWS. Um, and then I could manage, not, not uh, the best typer, not the fastest typer, but it was way better than uh, writing with my hand and pen, pen and pencil, right? Um, but yeah, even then, you know, of course, extra time and I was just getting bored. I just get bored of things, man. I I, I think so uh, in my head the, the 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 questions are given, the answers answered and the exams over even before I get into the exam hall. So I'm one of those kind of people. So the act of writing the answer or answering the questions is too boring for me because I like to call myself an intellect, but I'm more of a dumb fuck who just doesn't want to do work. So that happened with with the UK and when I went to the US, strangely, this was a smaller college and I took a course in political science and fuck, the amount I wrote that day, it was these blue books, right? And I just felt like Indian mentality, right? The more books you fill, the more marks you get, but now they actually read the answers there. So I I just wrote and wrote and wrote like, you know, you had those classmates and you saw them taking extra sheets and exams and you thought, oh, my God, they're smarter. And they ended up getting more marks. So you just had that kind of psychology and that that, that kind of understanding in your head that the more you write, the more extra books you take. The teacher will think, ah, some kind of understanding that this guy is smarter. Doesn't work when they actually look at the shit you've written. (laughs) And my God, my handwriting just got worse over the years. Because towards four and a half hours of writing an exam, your hand hurts and I'm not ambidextrous, right? So I I tried learning my left hand, but my handwriting got worse and worse, smudgier and smudgier. Uh, But um, what I did, you know, take back all those years, what I did love is good writing um, uh, equipment. Uh, Why am I calling writing equipment? Pens and pencils. I fucking loved it, dude. Uh, Because um, I think the best pens... Were the the big pens the ballpoint pens were the best? We had our own version, the Renault. Renault? Is it Renault? Is it Renault? Or Renault? No, not the car, like Renault. It's Renault pens. Yes, they had the blue cap and the white base. Um, but then, of course, you know, you see your dad um, or your dad's friend with the Mont Blanc and you're like, I want a Mont Blanc for my ICSE." And you're like, "Mom's like, are you fucking mad? You can barely write. I'm not buying your fucking Mont Blanc. As my mom, she's a rock star. She speaks like that. Um, but then, of course, we, I got a Parker pen for my birthday, which is also really cool. Um, and of course, then I got a cross. A cross is so cool. Not a very f- functional, pen. it's good to sign things like Mont Blanc and crosses are good to sign Um, but I remember my favorite pen. I don't know if you have a favorite pen, but my favorite pen is something I nicked from my sister because my uncle who went abroad got this. um, It's an ink pen. Because, of course, we had the hero ink pens. I think if you're below the age of 25 or even 30, you'll have no fucking clue what I'm talking about. But we had these ink pens when you had the hero pens, right? Really cool. But that's the one where you put in the bottle and it sucks up the ink. Ah, I did one better because this uncle of mine got my sister this pen by Pelican. Remember Pelican? They made the erasers like Stedler, Pelican. And it was a really cool pen. It was white. It had all these prints on it. I don't know what the print was. It wasn't a Pelican, obviously. But it was something cute because my sister loved it. And I nicked it, of course. It was white with purple and blue and pink stuff on it. And it didn't have a bottle of ink. It had cartridges. Fuck. And I just fucking loved cartridges. It's just like the concept of taking that back out and putting a thing and it goes and it's like the ink starts flowing and you're like oh and I really didn't deserve a cool pen like that because my handwriting sucked balls right just like how the pen sucked ink my handwriting sucked balls like that and that was my favorite pen yeah just had to go back in time for that one so the reason why I'm elaborating so much on this is because finally you fast forward to three years back now, I barely write, right? My, my computer right, typing skills are decent. I have a built in software. So, and with all the technology, because I used to make excuses going, Ma, I can't see you how old the day of the day, a day, a day. I will, when I get to computers, you see me thrive. And, and I like the idea of writing, constructing sentences and words efficiency and right choice of words but when i sit in the, front of the computer now i have everything which is at my disposal right and i love I, that's another thing i realize i just fucking love blaming things blaming my situation sitting on the computer uh, and i can type and i'm just my mom's like "Write every day now you have access you have technology you have everything you have no reason not to do it and i'm just like yeah I shit right now man so anyway I, I do type and i do write and i do put uh structure to my set uh, i'll tell you about that before i wind up this podcast um Where was I? Yeah, so I did all the handwriting. And what bothered me was, uh, about three, four years back, I'd get my passport renewed. And um, when you go get your passport renewed, if you've done it ever, you have these different, different counters. Like in the counter A, you submit your application and you pay the fee. Then you go to the counter B, where they look at all the documents for verification. And then they take a photo, which goes on the passport. And then you have to sign in this uh, in in, a, in this place, uh, which appears on your passport as your signature, right? It's one of these uh, digital things. And they take your fingerprint, your biometric, as they call the biometric, right? <laughs> you. So I signed, right? This is a guy who spent almost 33 years fucking writing and being miserable at it. And I thought at least after all that, ICSC, ISC, Wales, the US, at least I can have a signature which will get me through the passport office. But no, they made me sign and re-sign and sign and re-sign because the signatures didn't match and it looked like a scroll. Like a scroll. I looked like a scrolling thing, like a scribbler, as one of the teachers called a scribe. I I just was scrolling stuff. Um, And the guy's like, sir, but, can you do thumbprint? I'm like, motherfucker, you give thumbprint as an option to people who are illiterate. I studied for 20 fucking six years and you asked me to do a thumbprint. Are you mad? He's like, but sir, none of the signatures are matching. Can Okay, what you got to do is get a release letter from the passport office, um, one of the senior officers. And if they give a release saying that it's okay because of your visual impairment, then I can... I literally had to go tell the guy, he's like, are you sure you're educated? I'm like, motherfucker, these are my... And the worst part is I had gone to get this passport renewed uh, because there's a stamp on the passport called the ECNR that's immigration check not required and I had an ECR stamp and that's only given to people who are laborers or 6th standard fail so i would gonna get this stamp taken away and the guy's like sir we can't give it to you because your documents are from US colleges so now the guy already thinks I'm a fucking liar and I've not studied and I can't sign and I have to go to this passport officer and say listen man I, I've been I need this exempt from you he's like are you are, are you illiterate I'm like bitch I can't fucking sign is that why is that why handwriting so important to qualify that? you're literate in this fucking country and in this world. So it really pissed me off that so many years. Because I don't need handwriting anymore because you can do digital signatures and that's basically... I, in fact, was so tempted because of this to actually go and get someone to design an, a, a, a signature for me, put it on one of those old th- those stamp things which you put in ink and actually get that done because everywhere I go, with credit card bills or I go somewhere for an application or I go somewhere where they're going to be so anal about a signature, I take that little stamp in the stamp pad and just go... Aha! Aha! Sandeep brow in the flesh, motherfucker. But things are changing and you can actually do things digitally, fortunately, just get the digital signature sorted out. But yeah, good to know that so many years of fucking work has resulted in something I don't need anymore. But... I know that my mom will always get glossy photos. She almost did that with the passport. Look at his photo, sir. It, just, just trying to distract him from my bad signal. For, because look at yes, my mom, if you're wondering, she came along with my passport. She comes everywhere with me. She's like my guide mother. She's beautiful. And um she's trying to look at this photo, look at this certificate. And she's actually brought it in the frame because that's how proud. I think she was so desperate that I at least past something in life that when I got my degree certificate from the UK and the US, she filed it and she brought this in the file. She she framed it, sorry, and she brought it to the passport office in the frame. The guy's like, ma'am, do you realize it's just a sheet of paper? She's like, but I don't want to spoil it in case no one believes me. My son didn't fail. But I failed that day. Uh, fuck. Yeah. So that's my handwriting story. But if another thing I want to tell you, I have this show coming up on the 5th of Feb and this podcast will go out before the 5th of Feb. If you want to buy your tickets, the show's called Thank You, I'm Sorry, I'm Recording It. It's a dedication to my mum and my dad and it's basically an apology for bad handwriting. The tickets are on Book My Show. If there are a few more left, I'd love for you who is listening right now to come over for the show. 5th of February, Wednesday at the Bangalore International Centre. All other details you need are on BookMyShow.com. Of course, it's in Bangalore if you're elsewhere come over, catch a flight, you stingy fuck. Alright? And if you're in America, get something. I need nice clothes. Okay? So let me know. At Soapy Rao, you can contact me on Twitter, at Soapy Rao on Instagram. And what I wanted to leave you with is that I did a trial show and you know one of those times when you're so caught in your own head that you are so worried about the show that you lose context in the larger perspective. So that's what happened. I was on stage and while I was performing, I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? And... I got off stage and I just was so glad that I got that shit out of my, my head and out of my face because I'm in a much better place now. I'm not, I'm just relaxed. I know what I have to do. I'm not overthinking it. I'm just having fun with it. So I promise myself and I promise you if you're coming on the 5th of Feb, it's going to be a fucking great show. So thanks for listening as always and I hope uh, you enjoyed today's episode. I'll be back with another one next week. Yeah, so enjoy listening and um, as always, my friends, appreciate it. Goodbye. God bless and... So thanks again, appreciate it.